So just as, uh, as we, we go into this, we, we were talking about pathways, and I'm doing the final part on pathways this morning. And uh, so far we've listened to Pastor Paul and Pastor Stu last week, and they've been talking about the, the wide path and the narrow path. This, this big gate and the small gate that we, we can enter through. And God wants us to sort of follow in his pathways. Um, but the world wants us to follow in a different path. Uh, and it was an encouraging word that uh, Pastor Stu brought last week. Sort of making that decision, making that conscious decision. Look, I am going to follow your ways, God. And I know that doing that... Whatever happens, you will be with me, and you will be faithful in it. So just as an intro, just into this section, I'm, I, I hope that you all know, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you that God has a purpose for each and every one of you. Okay, there's different, it says, says that there, we, we're, God's made different pots and they have different purposes, but every single pot has a purpose. Uh, whether it is for one momentous occasion or whether it's for lots of occasions, you have a purpose. And part of what God has given us as a purpose is the great commission to go and share the gospel with others. So even if you're unsure what your purpose is, you can go onto God's word and just say, my purpose is that I'm going to go out and spread the gospel. So you know where that, that kind of that center point is. And the nice thing with God is whenever God gives you a purpose, God never gives you a purpose without a pathway to that purpose. And that's something really, really important. Because God's never going to say, well, I want you over there, but I'm going to put a million barriers in your way and you're not going to be able to get to it. Because that's not part of God's heart. God is a loving God and he wants us to uh, achieve the purposes that he's set before us. So you might be thinking, oh, I don't know what these purposes are, or I don't know the way that I'm going. Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What I just want to start off with is the the proverb which we've um, stood on through these three weeks. And the proverb is Proverbs 4.26, and I'm just reading this from the Amplified Version. Consider well and watch carefully the path of your feet. And all your ways will be steadfast and sure. I just kind of want to break that down a little bit. Um, It says watch carefully the pathway of your feet. It doesn't say watch carefully your feet. It says the pathway of your feet. And I find that quite interesting because when we go through life, we can sometimes go to such a macro level, such a close-up level that we're looking at our feet but have no idea of what pathway that we're on. And sometimes we need to just take a step back. We're probably not on a pathway. We just want to pause for one moment. We want to review and take account of where we are and think of the pathway that we are on in life. Now, this can come in many different, different ways. Sometimes, um, when, I, when I say sometimes we look at our feet, we could be very aware of, more aware of what we're wearing, more aware of how much money we've got in our bank, more aware of the smaller things in life rather than the bigger picture. And it is very important to kind of take that bigger picture in. 
Now, I've got a quite a few different slides today, and I hope these are going to make sense. It made sense to Tash, so uh, I, I... No, that's not a bad thing. It made sense to Tash, so I'm hoping <laughs> then it'll, it'll make sense to everyone else as well. Uh, so just on slide, slide one... Uh, We've got uh, just a, a plain, plain background, and it's got time, nice and a straight, straight line. That's nice and simple. Uh, just on slide two, this is where it gets complicated. Okay, each one of these points, you can see lots of arrows. It looks a nice little pattern, but the pattern's not what I was after. Um, each one of these points is a decision in your life. And these aren't, these aren't decisions like, shall I have chicken or shall I have salad? Okay. These are the larger decisions in life. Uh, and God wants you to take the narrow path, as we've, we've been talking about through pathways. But the world wants you to take this wide path, which is like, oh, go for the easy route. Just let it all, all, all go. No, just let it, just, just go with it. Go with the flow of the world. You'll be fine. And we end up sort of making a decision whether I'm going to go down the narrow path or in a completely different direction, the path of the world. And as you go through that decision, then you will eventually reach another decision in life. Which way do I go? I've got the option of going God's way, or I've got option to go the world's way. And this, just as a mental image, is something to kind of just get, wrap your brain around. That there is a very quick path to destruction following the world's way on every one of your choices. There is also an equally direct path following all of God's, God's ways. But sometimes we just don't always follow those, those paths. And what happens is we'll take the narrow path, we'll do it right, go yes, yep. And then we'll slip up and we'll go down the wrong path the next time. And what kind of path does that create? A straight one? You can respond. It's a, it's a crooked path. Okay, you get, end up re- with a really crooked path. And God says that he's going to make our ways straight. So that's, that's where we want to, to aim. Just on the next slide, this is just an add-on. So I don't, I don't want you to get confused uh, thinking that if you make all ma- too many bad decisions that you never got any uh, hope. Repentance. Okay, sometimes wherever you are, the beauty of God The man on the cross, as we celebrate Easter next week, the man next to Jesus on the cross, he had done things wrong. He was on the cross. He was was being punished. And yet he saw Jesus who he was and says, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You shouldn't be here. And in the repentance of his heart, from the lowest of low, God redeemed him and he was in paradise with Jesus. You can say hallelujah for that one. So wherever we are, where, whatever decisions you think you've made in life and you think you're in the pit, God can bring you out of that pit and you can almost start again and go, right, okay, Lord, forgive me for all those decisions. I'm going to make a new life. I'm going to go again. So that is the great thing that we have in God. So we're going to just consider some uh, people in the Bible here and look at the journeys and the pathways that they are, are going on. What I want it is, is we're going to go through a bit of some highs and some lows and I want you just to stay attentive for the whole lot because our destination where we're going is going to be a good one at the end but we're going to have to travel and make some, some going through a few storms and a 
few lows to kind of get there. But I promise you that we will be on a high at the end. So I'm going to start off looking at Abram, the name before Abraham, well, his name was changed from Abraham. And I just want to pick up on Genesis 12, 1 to 4. Now, God said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who curse you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old, and he set out from Haran. So in this instance, Abram's been given his destination. What I want to ask you the question from this is, did God give him the pathway to follow? So Abraham knew that God was sending him. He knew he was going to the land of Canaan. He didn't know how to get there. There were decisions in Abraham's life where he got to a point, said, left, right. Which, which, which way am I going to go? And he's had to make a decision. Just pausing on that point just for a second. I want to go into the, the verses before uh, Genesis 12. And Genesis eleven thirty one to 32. Now this is talking about Abraham's father. And his father is Terah that we don't hear much of. Uh, and it says in Genesis eleven thirty one to 32, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, and the wife of his son Abraham, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans. And what does it say next? It says to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Iran. Now, I want to just put this point across. I can't guarantee this is it, but I'd like you to kind of think about it. Was Abraham's, Abram's father actually given the destination by God, and he didn't actually follow the path properly? He got a place which was comfortable. He got to a place that was well-resourced. He got to a place where he was happy. And he stopped. So I just want you to think, did he miss out on some of the things that Abraham was blessed with because he didn't go all the way? God gave him that word, go, but did he get all, or go all the way? So I want to jump into Romans 4, 13 to 24. This is really where uh, Paul is speaking about Abraham and, and breaking down his life and how he thinks his life has gone. 
So in Romans 4.13 to 24 it says, It was not through the law that Abraham and his offerings received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Not only those who are of the law, but also those who have, faith, have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls us into things uh, calls into being things that were not against all hope abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it, it had been said so shall your offsprings be without weakening in his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit, credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from, dead, from the dead. I love that breakdown, because that really uh, then sort of gives you the explanation of, of that in Genesis. As... God has given that word to go. He knows his destination. Um, And as we were saying, he doesn't know whether he's turning left or right sometimes. There will be lots of different trade routes between those areas. Those those areas had had lots of different trade. So there would have been many different ways to go. There would have been different um, people groups and everything that they'd have to have passed by. And he would have had to have made that decision which way to go. And it is by faith he made those decisions. There was not always a big neon sign from God saying, this way. Uh, It was down to his faith that was then accredited to him as being righteous. And it says that's the same for us too. We have to hold on to God's Word. What I, what I want to kind of say is God will give you a word and you need to stand on that and that is part of righteous being righteous going by faith going God you gave me this word and I'm going to go. Proverbs uh, Proverbs Three, yeah, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. 
says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not onto your, on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. That is an incredible scripture. You can pull so much out from that scripture. So first of all, you have trust in the Lord with all your heart. That is a, a, such a key point. So it doesn't say with part of your heart, with a little bit of you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Whatever position you are in today, whatever situation, circumstance, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The next part is lean not unto your, uh, on your own understanding. How many of us have tried to work things out in our own ways? That is, is constant. So you get uh, the, the classic one. You get a bill through the door. You open it up. It's unexpected. You don't know what to do. You haven't got that money in the bank. You've got to find, find the bill. Straight away, your brain goes into actions, right? How am I going to do this? How am I going to solve this? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and your own understanding is, oh, I've got no, no hope, no way. I, ah. It says, lean not on your own understanding. There will be positions in life that you'll be in that you will not understand. We... That there are probably people here this morning. You are in a position that you just don't understand. But lean not onto your own, uh, own understanding, but trust wholeheartedly in God. God knows where you're meant to be going, and He will He, he will get you there. And then it says, "In all your ways, submit to Him." Again, just something so powerful. In all your ways, submit to him. Lord, you have it all. Include God in everything. I don't know if you wake up in the morning and the first thing that you do is you go, Lord, thank you for this new day. Have your way. And that can be enough. And you just give it, to, give it to God and then just step out into it and submit to him. And the, the promise there, the promise there is what? The promise there is he will make your paths straight. So if you feel like you're on a really crooked path at the moment, I would suggest you just go back to the beginning. You think, right, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this. I've made a complete disaster, or my life is just bumbling along, okay? I haven't, I haven't really done anything, it's just seems tickety-boo, but nothing really is fun's happening, or I don't feel that, that your purpose is coming out. So what you do, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and your paths will be straight. It's one of those scriptures that you could just leave there, really. Because it says so much. Um, we've been singing, actually, I, I didn't, didn't pick the songs. Um, and we've been singing about storms. It's one of those times and periods in, in life. 
uh, period of the world, really, where there's lots of storms which are, are, are with us. And uh, if you look at the news, there's, there's lots of storms which are building up. And uh, we, we, we haven't got the nicest of outlook if we are thinking completely worldly. But don't be put off by them. Because I would much rather be in a storm with Jesus than be anywhere else without him. And again, you can kind of think about that, that boat, and it was touched on, I think that was by Pastor Paul, sort of in that, that boat there, the crossing the, the river and Jesus, uh, the, the sea, and Jesus is asleep, uh, and there is a storm, and the, the disciples, oh, wake him up, and he just calms it down. Okay. We need to remember that we are privileged to be on this side of the cross, because we are more than conquerors. We can face any kind of storm by holding on to what God has said. And God will never let you down. And he will always calm those storms. So I want to just jump into a different character uh, now. I want to talk about Joseph. I love Joseph as a as as a guy, he he's sort of goes through so much, really, uh, and in the end, it's it's your classic story. If if it was, it would be sort of written by Disney, if it wasn't written by by God Himself. Um, so I just want to jump jump into Genesis thirty seven five to seven, and it says Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to, my, to this dream I had. We were binding sheaths of corn out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while, you all, while your sheaths gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Now something like that, we can pretty much say that was God talking to him. That was the word of God. Did he handle it particularly well? Not, not exactly. I wouldn't have gone to my, my brother's. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much know that in my younger days with my brother, he would have just walloped me. Um, so you, you kind of, you kind of got to think, right? Okay. God has placed a word on Joseph's life. We're going to jump ahead now in Genesis thirty-seven twenty-eight. What's happened? His brothers hated him. They chucked him in a pit. Uh, And while he was in a pit, these Midian merchants came by. His brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. Now, if you were in a hole, and then all of a sudden you were sold as a slave, would you be thinking about God's word? It would be a tricky one. I would like to believe that Joseph still, God, you, you placed a word on my, my life. This doesn't feel a great part of it. You still placed a, a word on my life. Jumping ahead, uh, Genesis thirty nine twenty. It says uh, he's, he's now a slave and uh, he's, he's um, had an allegation made against him and they believe the accuser. Uh, and Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Again, in prison. 
if you were in prison, would you be thinking, God, you had a word for me. This isn't looking great. This doesn't really feel like the journey that you were, you were giving me. Or do we think Joseph was like, I'm still keeping going. There was a word placed on my life. This doesn't feel like, the, like a good part of it, but it's just the pathway. It's just the journey. Then we jump into Genesis 41, 40, and it says, this is now Pharaoh. We all, we've got a rough idea of what, what happens in the story, but uh, this is Pharaoh now saying, you, Joseph, shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So he goes through this whole journey, and it's at, this is the, the, the turning point where Joseph's life is thinking, oh, actually, God's word, this is now coming to fruition. This is, this is now, now you, what you've said is coming, coming true. And I'm now able to kind of walk in that. And I've had experiences which haven't been great, but they've, they've taught me an awful lot to trust in you. And because of those experiences and trusting that you've got me through those, I now have even a greater faith in my God because he gets you through storms. So now that I've trusted in his word all the way, I'm in a position that I can now step out and run with this word because I know God's got it for my life. What did that Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 say? It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Did Joseph trust in the Lord with all of his heart? Did he lean on his own understanding or lean not onto his own understanding? Why am I in a pit? Why am I in prison? Did he try and work his way out? Did he submit to God at each time? Well... I'll leave you to read a little bit deeper in, into that. But it says that as Joseph was at Potiphar's house, which was the, uh, the, the, the middle one where there was an accuser, he served righteously. He served honorably. Uh, and he kept going, even though he was in a position that he didn't want to, want to be in. He served well. I want to give you just a, a little bit of a story on, on my, my background. So I, I run a company called Open Cloud. And this is going back, uh, many of you will know parts of this, this story, but I stepped out from working full-time into what I really felt God was saying. I stepped out from a full-time job, and I felt God saying, right, I want you now to take your business. Now is the time, and you've got to do it. And I had three, four... Five, it takes a lot for God to get my attention. Uh, uh, Sort of bits of words, scripture, uh, turning on the radio and you get uh, like a word straight away off UCB or something like that. Um, To a point where it's like, right, okay, I cannot deny this. This is a word from God. God has given me this business. I'm going to step out in it. And when I made that step, uh, I was... It was a little bit sort of rocky-ish to begin with, but I felt, felt the confidence and it was, it was beginning to, to grow. And then we had the delights of COVID. So when COVID came along, within 24 hours of the, the COVID sort of announcement, within 24 hours, my whole diary emptied. I had nothing. And I was thinking, hmm, 
I had a choice. Going back to that diagram, I had the choice at this, this stage to go, right, okay, what am I going to stand on? Which pathway am I going to take? Am I going to take the narrow path, which is what, what God has said, or am I going to go the world's way and try and work it out myself and, and everything else? And I said to myself, God, you said that you had this business for me, and this is yours, and I'm going to honor you, and this, I'll do everything I possibly can for you in this, this business. Within the following 24 hours, my whole diary filled back up. It went from all these events where I was doing filming and in public spaces, all to helping with computers and setting up people at home working and uh, all, all the rest. But I believe that was God over anything else. You may think, oh, that's just coincidence, that's just fortunate timing. Um, that was not just a fortunate situation. That was purely God. And I say that because there were people who phoned me up that I hadn't spoken to or, or really got along with for years coming to me. And that, that just was God planting a seed in someone's mind. Go, oh, I wonder about them. Just on slide four, just on the, on the screen. This is a trio of, of circles, different areas in, in life. And this is where our hope can come from. This is what we can stand on. So throughout life, we will get to situations where we will either have a, um, the, the word of God, which is the Bible, so we'll see something. We can take those scriptures, and if it is a promise to us, we can stand firm on God's word in our own lives. Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto, uh, on your own understanding. And always submit to him, and he will make your path straight. That is a promise. We can stand on that, because that's a promise from God, and God does not drop his promises. The other areas. So a word from God. Now, I've spoken to, to a lot of you, and I know that a lot of you have had a word from God. And, and God's word will come to you, uh, and it can be really encouraging. And you're able to stand on that. What I will say is God's word will never, a word from God will never contradict God's word. And you'll usually find that reassurance is going into God's word after you've had a word from God. But you can stand on that also. The third one, right in the middle, God's gifts. Now this is primarily, I suppose, I could have put the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit can direct us. In John sixteen thirteen, it says... But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. That is a gift. There are other gifts from God, like discernment. Again, the, all, all these gifts are something that you can stand on. Again, it won't contradict the other parts. When you get all three of those tied together, you have something just so solid and so firm, 
you can go out in the name of Jesus and be that more than conquerors. So where John speaks about the Spirit, uh, in Psalms 119, 105, the classic verse, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So here we've gone through all three of those circles that I had, had up on there. When someone is, uh, like Abraham was given a word from God, he didn't actually have the Bible at this stage, so it had to be a word from God directly. Had a word from God, go, go to this area. And he, by faith, went and walked in that. And he could stand firmly on that. Joseph, again, he had a word from God. He had that vision. He was able to stand on that. And walk in that. Our lives, we might have a word from God. We might have read in God's word something which you felt sort of speaks to you and your life. We can stand firm on that. We've got the Holy Spirit and God's gifts. When you feel the move of the Spirit inside you, you can stand firm on that. So today is Palm Sunday. We haven't really mentioned much about this. But when you think about Palm Sunday, that was a journey that Jesus was on. And we know that Jesus knew what was going to happen. We knew that, or we know that Jesus knew what was going to happen only a week later. Uh, Just think of that journey. Think of the mixed feelings that you might have in, in that situation as he enters into Jerusalem via the gate. And... On, on a donkey, and there are all these people singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And there's all this joy in this area, and he knows that in a week's time, they're all going to change their tune and ask for his crucifixion. That can be a tricky one. But does Jesus deviate from the pathway that God's got for him? No. Not by my will, but by yours, God. So that takes us to the world today now. So the world today, we've got all kinds of things sort of in the news and the media about uh, all kinds of different events coming. We are, not to, to, to frighten anyone, we are, we are more in the end days than we were yesterday. That's a very easy statement to say. Um, but there, are, there, there is so much going on in this world uh, that could be of concern to us. But now is the time that we need to be firm in where we are standing. So this is my call for the whole message, really. That today, I want you to review those paths that you are on. Not your feet. Review the paths where you are on. And I promise you, as you pray into this, God will reveal to you those pathways that you should be taking. I don't want anyone here to kind of feel, "Eh, maybe, maybe not, maybe I could do it later. 
I, 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 I would love it. And I really call upon you today, this day, make it a mark that you are going to review where you're at. Where, and ask the question, God, where am I going? Where, where are you taking me? What's my next step? And then just listen and wait. Pick up your Bible, have a read. But just also listen to what God is saying. Because again, I can assure you that God will tell you. And he will guide you. That might, might possibly be, you're going on the right direction, just keep going. And that is perfectly fine as well. As a church, so just on slide, slide five, we're on there. As a church, imagine each one of those blobs is, is us. You're more than a blob, you're much prettier than blobs. But that's all I could draw, so... Um, You've got all these, all these jobs. Now, the world's way is look after number one. Look after number one and you will succeed. Number one is all that matters. You deserve all X, Y, and Z. But what happens when you've got that mentality out in the world? Or say, say that was the mentality of church. What would happen? What would happen when one of you falls? Just on the next slide. You fall, no one else cares because they're all looking out for themselves. So just to reset our little block, what happens when we do things God's way? When we're loving each other, as loving, loving our neighbor as ourselves. When we love each other, when we're looking out for each other, we actually create this lovely little network of protection where we don't allow anyone to fall. We're standing with each one, each another. And when, we, when one falls, we're, we're caught. And with a nice little diagram like this, you, you can see there are eight people around you You've got this network around you to support each other. There was um, a lovely situation which happened uh, this week, and I put it into uh, the, the men's prayer group. Uh, and it was, um, I had a, had a good friend who has felt really under attack. He's felt in his job that people are, are having a go at him. He, got, he just can't understand. doesn't matter what he does. He feels like he's ridiculed. He feels like it's been attacked and everything like that. So we actually, because he's a Christian, we had the good opportunity to be able to pray. And we were able to pray together. And during that prayer, I really felt the, 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 the word armor bearer came up. And I was thinking of this armor bearer, and I was thinking... We have a responsibility, each one of us, uh, just as, as in the word it says we should be putting on the armor of God, that sometimes our Christian brothers and sisters need someone to come around and go, I'm here, I've got your armor for you. And after that prayer, I, I said that, I said, look, I think this is a spiritual 
thing, a spiritual attack. This isn't flesh and blood. This is spiritual. So we're going to pray against the, the, the spiritual forces rather than those individuals which have, have been, been attacking you, shall we say. And we came out from that point so, uh, so much lighter. Okay? God has taken, God took that situation. He said, okay, I'll take it. Okay, I'll deal with it. And he felt so much joy and peace. It was a beautiful time of prayer. Guys, we can do that for each other. and I, We are there for each other. And we are there to be our armor bearers for each other as well. Last series we did on Kairos. Kairos is God's timing. Okay? It's God's timing. And I would say today is a Kairos moment. Today is a Kairos moment to sort of think, right, okay, I'm going to make that stand. I'm going to think, right, I'm going to take God's pathways. I'm going to seek his word. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to see where the Spirit's leading me. And I am going to make this, this moment a change in my life. So I'll leave you with a question. What path are you on? Is it God's path or is it on the world's path? And where do you want to go? Which choice now do you want to make? God's way or the world's way? Just as we we wrap up, I think it would probably be, be good just at the, the end. If there are things on your mind in your, your life at the moment that you, you, you need prayer for, I'm going to stay just at the front. Just, just come up and we'll pray together. And I'll pray for you. Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstances, let's pray it together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we will have... That more than conqueror journey, whatever happens, knowing that God will be with us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can stand firm on your word. The promises that you make, you sustain. And we can rely on those promises in your word. Father, just as we've gone through this series of pathways, we pray that you are identifying in each one of our lives the pathways that we should be taking. We pray now that we will choose that that narrow road that leads to life and not the wide path that leads to destruction. Father, allow us to sort of feel... Uh, and identify the correct directions. Lord, the, the world's way is a completely different direction, and we can feel friction when we go the other way. But Lord, I thank you that you can give us the peace and the joy to raise a hallelujah, even through storms. So I ask now that you bless each and every single one of us here. And we just take that moment this day to think, well, and ask you where there are my next steps going to be. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thank you.